Welcome to the Technory Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Today's show is brought to you by Active Campaign. See why 65,000 businesses use Active Campaign for their marketing by signing up at activecampaign.com slash technory. Get your first two months for free. Today's show, another good one. I got to nerd out a little bit and go back into my, my property management real estate days, which sometimes to me is uh, less fun than others. Today, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Jude Chi is the CEO of Flamingo. Uh, I opened the conversation up with this story, and I'll reiterate it here just because I think it's cool, and you listening might find this useful. Jude reached out to me a couple, I don't know, it was a year or two ago, completely blue, out of the blue via LinkedIn, and just saying, I've got this company, it's in the health space, kind of concierge for commercial real estate and some residential, saw your background, thought maybe you could be helpful, and I had the opportunity to just sort of kick some ideas back and forth with him on what, what the logo should be, the branding, the concept, the pivot. And that's it. I didn't, I didn't really side any which way. I just sort of threw in a couple two cents. And then uh, over the year, ran into Jude at a couple of events, the uh, G2 Reach most recently. And, uh, you know, he's just persistent and was uh, a very smart founder who is trying to build something cool and is reaching out to the people who he thinks can help him. And to me, it's always very cool when something like that organically grows and then they, they find themselves sitting across from me at the studio here at WGN. And <clears throat> this was no different. It was a, a great conversation we really went deep into the concierge and amenities war that's going on in residential real estate, which is to say many of the, of the residential towers that you might live in are trying very hard to keep you there. And they're trying very hard to, to give you amenities that are better than their competitors. What Jude identified, and I had never really thought about this, which as a property manager is kind of stupid, but it is the case. The camaraderie effect and the creating of a community inside of your building is less about giving you shit to do and more about giving you the ability to meet with people in your building because statistically it is proven that those that are in their building who know more people are more likely to stay longer. So the actual business equation, the value prop that he's trying to solve is not just wellness for people and creating a space for events and whatever else you might offer. It's moving the bottom line up for the property managers so that they retain their, their lessees longer and whatever he can do to do that, he will win. And so we, we, I'll spare you, you have to listen to the show for, it, but we had a bunch of tips and things and we really did like kind of a business model work through just because this was a really interesting observation. And I think he's on to some things that could be very different from any other amenity service that you've ever seen. And, uh, one of them puts you, the tenant, to work, and I think that's worth listening to. So uh, you definitely want to stick around for that show. Event updates. My good friend Michael Gelfman will be back from Kansas City to host Dare Mighty Things again. He is going to be hosting that at Chicago's Symphony Center on Monday, August 20th. I'm sorry, Monday, August. Jesus, I'm going back in time. Monday, October 28th. That's next Monday. Um Great event, as always. I will be the MC again, which I'm super excited to do. There's going to be some people from NASA. There's going to be people from all over the place. And you get to listen to it all day long, some of the most inspira- inspirational stories on the planet. Uh, and obviously, as a person who's been there several years, I got the chance to meet the CEO and CTO of Ripple, which was one of the coolest experiences for me. And, of course, I spent a bunch of money on it afterward. Uh, so you should definitely check that out. Go to daremightythings.co. My other little pitch here, if you like this show, uh, you should definitely check out Zach Sloan from Rent Grotta. They just raised a million bucks. They were on the show. He's been on the show a couple times. Uh, but another play on residential renting. Uh, definitely, if you enjoy this show, you'll love that. Go to Spotify and download or follow Technori. My last little two cents here. Uh, recently, uh, this past Saturday in the WGN Startup Showcase, which is Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m., 
uh, we had a Republic company that was raising via equity crowdfunding, which you can invest in for as little as 10 bucks. Uh, Venify, just want to recap because I threw a 1000 bucks at them, and, and I think it's, it's worthwhile. They've raised 50000 so far, 178 investors, 70 days of deal terms. It's a $4 million value cap, 20% discount, and a minimum investment of $100. Uh, it's pretty cool, actually. It basically is a marketplace for individuals accredited and not to invest money into future students' potential income. So rather than sending kids into the workforce with $200,000 in college debt like uh, this guy, uh, you can actually invest and pay for their college and then take a percentage of their earnings over the next you know, however many years – which gives them the flexibility to not be saddled with debt so they can start their families and buy a house and all that other stuff, but also gives them the ability to pay you off without being settled to interest. They just pay you a certain percentage and you can negotiate. Why, just really quickly, why I invested in that is because I think that there's a huge opportunity in the secondary market where they can actually package kids' debt, give it a risk profile, and then other investors can actually reinvest and buy that opportunity. That, I really do believe, is going to be a real thing. And it's going to be huge. And you can invest in it right now uh, for as little as 100 bucks. So you should definitely do that. This is my conversation with Jude Chi, the CEO, founder of Flamingo. My favorite shows to do are the ones that originate entirely organically. And yours is that. Awesome. Reaching out to me via LinkedIn, having a conversation, mm-hmm. talking about name of the company and where you're going to go, mm-hmm. and then running into, I believe it was at the G2 Reach event. Is uh, that yep. correct? Yep. Um, and then having it go from... A person who I got the chance to kind of meet and interact with and, and sort of uh, hear their, their, their journey and their, their rolling on and then to have them, you know, over time grow and grow and then find themselves in front of me uh, is one of the cooler stories for me. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you more about Flamingo. Um, going back to our conversation on LinkedIn, I, I can't wait to learn more about why Flamingo. Yeah. I, can't, I can't help myself. Um, so why don't we just start off with what is Flamingo? And then let's start getting into sort of like how you got to this point. Uh, yeah. Um, so Flamingo is a resident engagement platform. Uh, we make it super easy for property managers to really attract and engage their residents. So what it means is for a property manager, they can log on to our website and book resident events, whether it's fitness classes or whether it's uh, bringing a chef to the building to do a sushi making class. So these are more, would you say these are like luxury high rise, uh, these more are like urban metropolitan? Yeah. Okay. So we work with some commercial properties, but primarily high level high And residential rises. usually. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then for the residents, what that means is they get an app that's completely branded to the property. And they can use the app for pretty much anything from rent payment to booking a maid. Okay. So we are really like an all-in-one engagement platform for It's like a um, concierge. Exactly. Very cool. So your background is 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 what? How how did you identify this as an opportunity and and start chasing it? Yeah, so it evolved a lot. <laughs> um so initially I, I I was pre-med in college. So always wanted to go to med school and then towards the end of my senior year realized that uh there's a lot more to do on the business and operations side of healthcare. So I decided that it made sense to go into healthcare management. So I went into healthcare management for a few years. And after being in healthcare management, I realized that there's a big opportunity on more the prevention side of healthcare. So I decided to leave my um, old employer and start my own company. So the first iteration of this company was called Hello Healthy. Yep. So when I reached out to you, that's when we were making the pivot to Flamingo yep. and trying to figure out like, oh, what should we call it or what makes sense? Um, so... Went into uh, basically providing fitness classes and other things to apartment buildings, offices, and senior centers. 
So initially focused on senior cent- on uh, office buildings. The whole goal was how do you get people healthy? So my whole theory was it's much easier to bring it to where they are. Yep. So bring fitness classes and other things to offices. Tried that. Uh, didn't quite work. Turns out people hate working out in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. It's a little challenging. I mm-hmm. want to do it. Like yeah. I love the concept. I, I'm a perfect example. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've gone through interval training things, and I've got this app right now I'm working on called uh, Train Heroic. Mm-hmm. And I just can't get the, like if I don't anchor and do it before I start the day. Yeah, it makes. I don't get it done, right. and then now with a kid and like you know my jo- my job is like eighty percent drinking. So like if it's yeah. at the end of the day, it's not going to be very good. yeah. <laughs> it can work out. And the uh, challenge so for a lot of people at the office too is just like some of the smaller logistics. It's yeah. like oh, I have to like uh, undress. Um, I have to go. I might be in want a shower. Want to do whatever. Yeah. Um, like coworkers, yeah. and then I have this meeting. I don't know when the meeting is going to start or if it's going to end late. Yeah. So it was just more of a challenge for uh, commercial properties. We've kind of figured it out since then. But after trying that, pivoted to um, senior centers. So work with senior centers, trying to bring fitness and other things to those centers. And the theory behind that was because there is a hugely growing uh, growing population. So I was looking for ways to uh, keep them entertained, keep them healthy, and provide a variety of services. So tried that, and that also didn't quite like work. And then finally decided to move on to apartment buildings. And then for that one, the initial goal was just providing fitness classes to the buildings. But then spent about four months just walking from um, high-rise to high-rise all over Chicago to really understand the needs. So talking with the property managers, talking with the front desk, talking with residents. Many of them spoke to me. Other ones were like, yeah, we're kind of busy. Yeah, yeah. So I guess now I totally understand that the need for a change of, of brand and, and direction, given yeah. the fact that you went from health focus to more, I would call it wellness and ease. Yeah. Um, why, why, one, why Flamingo? Mm-hmm. And then two, I think there's an interesting conversation to be had here as we start to drill into what you decided to pivot to, because mm-hmm. there are several companies we've met with, uh, Pear Chef is one, Lulafit's mm-hmm. another, yeah. that are attacking things that you're attacking but they're one not multiple mm-hmm. or they're multiple but not one you know it's yeah. not quite there and I, and I do think that there's this arms race that's going on with residential towers especially as more and more are built and they're even building them in suburbs now yeah. which is an, you know an opportunity for you as well and people are I, there's a weird thing. I mean, you could talk to the folks over at East Bank, and they tell you this too. That there's a there's a challenge to get people to go to clubs now and like mm-hmm. to do it there. They they just lives are moving too fast, and yeah. as they're if the, uh, the people living downtown tend to be a little younger, they have other things. They have kids. It's just easier if I could just do this down the you know two floors down mm-hmm. or whatever. I'd love to know after you talk about Flamingo. I'd love to know what you saw in in the arms race of residential towers trying to find the most amenities possible. What you mm-hmm. saw is the these are like the three amenities that just are game changers and people are hungry for them. We'll, we'll get into that, but I, yeah. explain to me the, the flamingo piece because like, I, I think it's an interesting choice for uh, mm-hmm. several reasons. So you've already kind of hit on it that for a lot of properties, um, it is like an arms race. It's like we have all these competitors uh, within like a stone's throw. Yep. So from four months of talking with a ton of property managers, the one thing that always came up was their biggest challenge is how do they stand out? So I have this property that's down here. I have this competitor that's literally four feet away. How do I stand out from that? I'm offering exactly the same amenities. We have a pool. We have the fitness center. We have um, a resident lounge. We have all these things, but my competitors all have the same thing. 
So the biggest challenge is how do I stand out? And that's really what we learned. Yeah. So thinking about how we wanted to position ourselves, our whole mission was we want to help them stand out. So the name Flamingo was just natural. It was we help you stand out like a flamingo in a flock of pigeons. Yep. So that's kind of the thing that hit us. And the name just made sense. I uh, wanted a brand that's very visual and something that's very like memorable. And also then aligns with uh, what the property managers care most about, which is being able to stand out from their competitors or from the, as they call it, their comms. So when you start the conversation with these property managers, and I think this would be kind of a fun exercise because I used to be one. Yeah. So I recognize. I, I commercial. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I was, it was a different, obviously, than the residential, mm-hmm. but I, I was taking calls just for different requests. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to know what that conversation looks like. When you, mm-hmm. when you call them up and say, I can bring you X. Mm-hmm. What do you need? What does that look like? How do, how do you start to identify specifically what they're looking for? Um, yeah, so we usually focus on events because we know for most property managers, that's one of the biggest pain points. Yeah. Um, they have a budget to do resident events. But as a property manager, you have a long task list of things you have to do every single day, every single week, and every single month. So events falls on the back end of that. So at the end of the month, you might have done all the things you need to do, but then you're like, oh, crap, I have to book events for next month. Yeah. And then typically- well, they're not process- event organizers, so it's They're really like not. It's yeah. a huge challenge. And the value prop, I've always been a little, I mean, as a guy who did events, I, I don't, I understand the value prop of an event. I've always been a little curious for residential owners, maybe it's because mm-hmm. I'm about as anti-social as it gets, mm-hmm. um, of- what the value they're thinking is it camaraderie is it feeling of home like what is the what is the value that they're trying to create there yeah so it's a couple of things it's what you just mentioned it's the camaraderie so for them it's more like community building so you get to meet your neighbors and there are a lot of different studies that have shown that um, if you know three to five people in the building you'll stay there longer yeah you're 50 percent more likely to renew your lease So right now, we don't have enough data to actually prove that. And that's one of the things that we are actively tracking over the next two or three years to see how the different groups function. So if someone is attending XYZ number of events, how does that change how long they stay in the building? But you kind of see it with companies like WeWork. I mean, Grant, given all their issues. We'll we'll ignore the the, the check (laughs) black mark there. But one of the biggest value props for WeWork, I've actually worked out for WeWork. I worked out of there for a year. But one of the great things about WeWork was they did an amazing amount of events. And it was amazing to meet people you've, you'll never have a conversation with. So I really do agree with like you. I think that they did a, a, an amazing – what I thought WeWork did so well, mm-hmm. which is what Regis didn't, yeah. is that – and I mean, it, it's a complete knockoff. Or it is Regis. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a different like a skin cool, on it. Yeah. And I, I always thought that what they made it feel like is WeWork is a home office. Mm-hmm. Right now, I go to Regis. It's like I'm just walking into. It's, yeah. I'm just using your internet. You have no basically. reason to talk to anyone. That you yeah. See in fact, way. you like avoid people like the plague. Yeah. And at WeWork, it's like this is like if I were working in my in my living room, mm-hmm. but I have all the abilities to sort of tune things out. And they have yeah. you know beer fridge and food and events and yeah. and just other kinds of you know they had companies like Trinet and others that were jumping in with them. Yeah. Um. So I, I definitely. I, I see that, and then now I think about it, like in retrospect, that makes a lot of sense that residential would would want to do the same yeah. sort of twist. Yeah, and the nice thing is that we don't have quantitative um, we don't have quantitative data at the moment, but have qualitative. Like yeah. we have residents that have said, "Oh, I renewed my lease because of X or Y or Z." Uh, we have one of our client properties in SF, 
And we had one resident email us that this is the reason why she is renewing her lease because she really loved the yoga classes. And so we actually get some of that. So you start moving from events into what are the other things that you can unravel here? Um, so besides the events and the fitness, um, residents are able to access a variety of services from the app. So you can book a maid, uh, you can book a dog walker, you can book a massage therapist, and all of those and services are you, come to the building. Are you building those functionalities or are you integrating like Lisa app or care.com? Or, yeah, or other? so we're actually building the functionality. Um, so for so us, a lot of these people might be even sourced from the building. Uh, yes, some of them. We've actually had residents I reach out. See, that, that to me X is a big differentiator. So like, yeah. if we could go back to some of the companies I mentioned, um, and I'll throw Second Kitchen into the mix because mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit it's similar in this. Mm-hmm. It provides a concierge service. And just to be clear, like LuluFit is a fitness mm-hmm. focus, and Perishev is a, a food focus, yeah. and K- K- Second Kitchen is food focus also, but it's different. Um, what I like about all three of them is that they, they bring something unique and special mm-hmm. to these residential towers. The downside is that because they're singular, mm-hmm. if they are successful enough to get in every building, they become new normal and then they mm-hmm. sort of cease to be defensible. Yeah. And what is also unique about you compared to them is that most of them are building brand first, so it's not a white label. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then there's the other part of this, and this is the, the kicker. I think it it is a big differentiator potentially and you're not totally doing it yet, but i i don't think you should listen to my advice i think you, you should look at it is when you source it's no different than farm to table food mm-hmm. we love to be able to say we ate dinner last night and we made food that we got at the fresh market down the street in glen ellen and it came from local farms like it, there's something about that that makes you feel like you know the people and like mm-hmm. you're helping them they're helping you I, I've never in my life thought of this or heard of this, but the idea of a residential tower being looked at as its own community mm-hmm. and sourcing the babysitters and the dog walkers and even yeah. the chef. I mean, yeah. honestly, you could even have people like a lady in my thing bakes all the time. I would mm-hmm. start eating her, eating her cake. Um, I literally think that there's something to that. And it's very defensible and u- unique because you can f- get Flamingo in every building in Chicago and across yeah. the world. But every building, no matter what, is going to be uniquely different based on the exactly. type of people who are there. And that, exactly. that is defensible exactly. and an interesting spot. And we've explored that a little bit uh, because just from residents like proactively reaching out to say, oh, yeah. I offer personal training services. Oh, I'm a licensed masseuse. So it makes it really simple to bring them There are on. tons of people who live in – and I know numerous people who live in buildings who are, are yoga instructors mm-hmm. or do it on – like they would – totally lead that but we would never have even thought to do it so it's actually been an interesting recruiting strategy for us because we have had that outreach yeah uh for each and they get to meet them at the social it's like it's really like you feel like yeah i can do a background check on care.com but Mm -hmm. i'd also really like the ability to just like know that linda lives on the third floor and i can like find her yeah yeah, so we haven't done as much with that, but it is definitely like an area of opportunity, and we have had some. I think it's a there. it's an interesting low low risk trial mm-hmm. because it 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 isn't a built in defense. Mm-hmm. I, I think the one challenge that a lot of these groups we've talked to have had with property managers is mm-hmm. the managers get a thousand options. Yeah, and the thousand options solve symptoms they don't solve problems it's yeah. like yeah i'm sure we'd love to be able to offer food services mm-hmm. if we have a kitchen we don't use or whatever the case cleaning services yeah what is unique about it though is if you mention the the one big one mm-hmm. is they want to do events because they want to build a community because mm-hmm. they've proven that people who believe that they know their neighbors stay longer yeah. that's the number one dollar value that that yeah. any property manager is going to have right yeah so 
if I am, if every move I'm making as Flamingo is increasing the number of touch points Mm -hmm. that my residents are having with one another, then that increases the amount of time that they lease with me. The more money I make, the more money my owners make, the better I look, the better everyone looks. You literally have the same pitch to every building, Mm -hmm. but a different outcome for every building. And your problem, of course, is inventory because certain people maybe don't, but like don't use it. But if you were to build in APIs with either custom or you built in APIs with other services to sort of leave a layer. Yeah. But then the top layer went to those who are like the first dibs goes to those local yeah. and then it branches out. I think you have like a, that, that to me is, I've never heard that pitch. No, but it's, it's true. <laughs> I, I, I've never heard, I've never heard of that. And I never thought of it because I never, no one ever made it clear to me in the concierge amenity war. Mm-hmm. That the number one, and you didn't say number one, but I, I think it's a fair it's assessment ones, yeah. that it is about retention. Mm-hmm. And it's not about it, retention because we're entertaining them. Yeah. It's about retention because there's a fact everyone. that says if they know each other, they're more likely to stay here, mm-hmm. which is completely logical. Yeah. Very, it's, this is, it's an interesting thing. I, I think there's a lot of stuff there. So where do you, what do you, what do you need to do next in order to make sure that, is it just onboarding more, more places? Is it building the tech? Like what, what are the most important things for you to get right for this to work? Um, yeah. So a couple of things, it's onboarding new properties that we have. Um, so really focusing on customer success. So we get into a lot of buildings and the whole goal now is how do we actually make those buildings successful? Yep. So how do we plan for two, three years from now when they are now asking, okay, we've done hundreds of events like how has that actually impacted our ROI so for us we are future proofing for that so we are tracking pretty much everything that residents like do tracking who's attending what event and what the feedback is from those events and then tracking those individuals over time so that's one and then the second one is we are continuing to build out the technology so we are really an all-in-one platform and part of that is integrating with the systems that they currently use so pretty much every building has a resident portal. So residents use that portal to pay rent or request maintenance. So we are integrating with all those different portals to make it even easier for them um, to request those services like directly through the app. So my kind of final question on, on this, that I think is an important, I don't want to say even wrap up. It's an important bow on this whole thing mm-hmm. is scalability. Mm-hmm. So, you build technology that can be white labeled, mm-hmm. which gives you scalability. Yeah. But a lot of these property managers, and this is this could have changed. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly close to prop tech companies, so I, yeah. I don't think it has changed terribly. But when I was running in real estate, tech was just, I mean, holy shit. Like, no, there was none. I yeah. went to a company that literally didn't have the internet. Yeah, it's like, like that's a real thing. Yeah. And it's obviously exploding now, but, but the challenge is, you know, we just were at a conference yesterday uh, people plus people, and it's a lot of like small market, older, mature businesses mm-hmm. that are small businesses, uh, the traditional small business as a as a as a moniker. And what I recognized from them was that, for whatever reason, despite what me and the rest of the panel said, mm-hmm. was that they felt compelled to either ditch tech mm-hmm. or build their own tech. And I, my sense is, is that the real estate companies also will make that mistake of not going out of the box, but building their own things, mm-hmm. which then make integration for you like a challenge. Yeah. And so the question to me is, and, and I, I, I'm going to throw another opportunity at you. Mm-hmm. I think that there's potential for you to sell the white label and then also sell your tech as a service mm-hmm. to build the integration system entirely 
bespoke. Yeah. And rather than having someone there manage the tech that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, mm-hmm. you do know what you're doing and you yeah. also can make it seamless. Yeah. There's a there's an interesting part there because I think you could be a change agent mm-hmm. in the group without even selling it. Uh, yeah. So I've definitely had some meetings where, especially with the bigger property management companies, where some of them had mentioned that, oh, this is something that we have thought about or that we might build ourselves. Yep. So for us, it's a huge mistake, by the way, for them. Yeah. If they build it themselves, it yeah. will be a. I can. I don't even have to look at it. It'll yeah. be a disaster. I think for most of them, they understand that instinctively. But when they look at costs and trying to think about how yeah. is this going to scale across five, ten, twenty, a hundred of our buildings, they start thinking like, oh, maybe we should build this. But I yeah, think- I mean, just to just to make sure people listening are understanding this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people that do decide to do that. The challenge is, mm-hmm. is that they have to do a value prop assessment. Is mm-hmm. what we're going to spend in order to get the outcome we want yeah. worth the amount of money we're going to make as a return from yeah. building it? Yeah. Are we going to constantly iterate, make Correct. it better over time? And, and, and if they have 10 buildings or 100 buildings or two buildings, mm-hmm. it, that will vary, right? Yeah. The price of building this, let, I'm making this number up, but let's mm-hmm. just say it costs $5 million mm-hmm. to build the base piece for them. Yeah. They probably won't get five million dollars back in value mm-hmm. over any oh, yeah. reasonable amount of time. It costs five million dollars for you to build. Mm-hmm. Maybe it costs seven because you build it a little bit more bells and whistles. Yeah. But then you sell to a hundred different buildings, so they're yeah. only taking a micro cost yeah. against you. You have all of the ability to do what is your domain expertise, mm-hmm. and you greatly lower the cost that they're facing yeah. so that when they make a return, let's say they only have returned a million dollars. They didn't spend five. They yeah. spent two fifty a year with you. Yeah. So they, they're making money back immediately. Yeah. And I, I just, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. If, if uh, this is for all the investors that are listening to the show that they should be looking at you. Cause there's yeah. a, there's a real, there's a very interesting dynamic in what you're doing. Cause you're actually, you do all the things that Flamingo does that you said, but what, you, what I hear when I hear this is like, it's an, it's a passive behavioral change mm-hmm. is what's going on yeah and the other interesting point for uh all of this is the integration bits yeah so for a property manager if the build is themselves they are not really thinking about everything else we see a lot because we are talking to hundreds of yeah. property management companies and talking to hundreds of potential like partners so one of the things we build into the app is scalability and making it really easy to integrate with things that already exist and things that are coming down the line from uh, smart home technology, so people being able to turn on their lights or change the thermostat just from their phone. So those are all things that a lot of properties are going to have to adopt. And then you have uh, keyless entry, something else that's coming down the line. So there's a lot of technology coming, and you have to build your current systems in a way that they can integrate with those current uh, tech and then future tech that you don't even know exists. You know, this last free tip, I think it could be interesting, is if you build the interface for this, uh, are you familiar with the Superhuman email app by chance? Um, I've seen it, but I'm not. So we have, so Raul Vor, the CEO that was on the show, and he was talking about uh, another podcast that anyone who's listening should definitely check out, um, about his objective with the email is to just create delight. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. That, that's the simplicity of it. Is like I just want you to feel like this is a delightful experience. If you were to build... What he has in the app that I think you should add to yours that is unique, and, and anyone listening who's building an app that is B2C, really, this is yeah. it could be B2B, but B2C particularly, somewhere prominent, mm-hmm. having the ability for a user to send a suggested feedback on mm-hmm. here's an integration, here's something that I would love to yeah. see you build. 
if you could have your current users suggest all these crazy things, mm-hmm. some of them will be asinine, but yeah. some will be real. And then you brought that list into every meeting with a property manager mm-hmm. like, you're looking at this? Just FYI. Here's like 45 suggestions from every single person who's on our platform now. Do you have the capability yeah. of building that? Because you don't. And I do. And what happens if you build it and I, rather than me is that you're just going to piss off your, your tenants because yeah. you're not building stuff fast enough because it's not affordable. Yeah. And, and that to me is you, you serve so many roles yeah. with this company potentially. Yeah. Super and, interesting. And the thing for a property manager is that the tech itself is really like like any type of technology it's more a means to an end correct so it's not the product itself it's like what it helps you actually accomplish like they don't want to spend an hour looking at an app or spend this doing this it's they want to get residents what they need they want to get information out to residents they want to book an event or they want to do xyz yep so it's all just making it uh where they get to where they need to be it's so funny that you're you followed up the show that came out before you is uh village md which completely different everything mm-hmm. but uh, well, you obviously were in the medical field, so you, you probably understand. But like the, the concept is basically to say, and you said it yourself in the beginning of the show, we can do a better job serving people where they are mm-hmm. rather than trying to make them come to us and yeah. enter our crazy world. Yeah. And I, 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 I think that your approach to this is one of the more, um, let's say, I, I want to say refreshing, but it's really like one of the more uh, realistic. Yeah. Because I think the other people that I've talked to, not that their business ideas are not good, they they, they are but they're trying to force change behavior rather than just being like, yeah, we'll come to you. It's fine. Yeah. It's totally like, we're, we're, we don't make you make any moves you didn't want to make. Yeah. Very cool. And for us, it's all like lessons that we learned. It's you do it and then it doesn't work and they try something else. It doesn't work. And they get to where it's more cohesive. And you and welcome that, which is also exactly. refreshing. There's yeah. plenty of founders out there like, it's my way. And it's like, <laughs> well, all of your, like, all nope. the users you don't have are going to tell you that it's not yeah, your way. It's all the customers. You will have an app for one. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly. all I can guarantee. Uh, okay, cool. Well, thank you so much. Where do people go to learn about this? And, and I think most importantly, where do people go to suggest this to their property managers that they check it out? Uh, getflamingo.com. Very cool. Yep. Awesome. Thank Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Of course. To apply to pitch on the Saturday Startup Showcase on WGN Radio, go to technori.com. Boom. That's a wrap.